You said to say something at the start of the episode, so I did. I went for I'm walking here. Mambo. Welcome to Caribou. Caribou? Nee. Well, Caribou. Nee. Welcome Sorry. to episode 11, everybody at home. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking. Kumi Namocha. What does Kumi mean? Is that like episode or. Kumi is 10. Okay. Na is and. Moja is 1. 10 and 1, 11. Kumi Namocha. Nice. Is that how all their numbers work? Is it like 20 and 1 or. Is it just yeah, a Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, that's a little pretty mini... Pretty much. We'll save the rest of that for Swahili, but there's a little mini startup. Today is episode 11. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the rest of the first phase. Now, this episode might be a bit uh, rambly. I think, as you'll come to find, the actual uh, project part of the... Uh, the... Uh, what is it? Like, placement? Thing. Yeah. Yeah, placement. That's um, the word. That's kind of fairly forgettable. So, as much as this first phase... It was for us. It was for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because different, different, like, um, different countries and different, like, um, whether it's, like, washer livelihoods have completely different things. So, if you end up with Tanzania and livelihoods, uh, and it's the same as we got, then it is fairly forgettable. Yeah. But, but the actual The actual experience life. of being in village. Yeah. So this is a bit like Village Life Part 2, but it's not one week. It's, you know, it would have been like four weeks? Yeah, about that. Yeah. About that, I've, yeah. So everything that we were doing up until phase review, a bit of the actual uh, teaching... But mainly just the uh, the stuff we were doing outside of that. Just us like pissing about, really. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm just looking at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I guess we'll start it off with a bit of a bit of a downer. But uh, Edwin, one of our team leaders, so he was an in-country one. Uh, we had three in a weird twist of fate, but uh, he unfortunately uh, got malaria. At the very beginning. So that uh, started us off. I think he felt a bit ill on the uh, the bus in. And then over the next couple of days felt worse. And eventually, yeah, had to be put on some fairly heavy duty anti-malarials. Their um, attitude to malaria is quite different to ours. Because we were like, do not get malaria, protect yourself at all costs. Yeah, but yeah. when they were telling the TTs about it, they were saying... I know you may have had malaria before and you might not think much about it in normal times, but while you're here, you will protect yourself yeah, as much as possible. You'll take the yeah. anti-malarials, you'll wear DEET and like long sleeves in the uh, evenings, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I was quite surprised by that. Like the kind of ex- the, uh, the general attitude towards uh, malaria. 
Like, I mean... Because it was just common illness, really. Yeah, it's not much worse than kind of getting a flu, I'd say. It's kind of, like, annoying. Well, well yeah. There, there, it, there are, there were, like, it could, it could become serious, but they did get it a lot. Yeah. And often recover. Mm. But, uh, so as, as the UKs, we were, we were all going, I think I found taking my anti-malarials at lunch was better. So there was like two kind of groups within Quadoli. <laughs> Most people, uh, did it at breakfast, but I think me and Jill maybe did it at lunch and i remember like you'll you'll be like reminding your other people to take it and occasionally if you like not got your little pack of tablets on you someone will like give you one of theirs in return for the next day you bring yours around and take one of theirs so that everybody's got the right amount of stuff but yeah wasn't there a whole thing about if you take it at night time you will get weird dreams (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which uh, maybe will come up at the end of this, but uh, I'm not sure how much... Because uh, I did have strange dreams in Tanzania. They were a lot more yeah. uh, vivid and memorable, but I'm not sure if that's because uh, you're you in a completely, in a completely yeah. different environment. Yeah. Plus, you've not got TV, you've not got movies, you've not got screens all around you as much. So I think they're a bit more memorable. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, because that, that, I'm sure I did say at one point, my dreams were like my TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were my, one of my main sources of entertainment. It was like a random show without a real, like, uh, kind of, with a kind of plot that doesn't <laughs> follow through to the different episodes. But it's got a kind of theme that you can pick up on. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah. We'll talk Are we about going that into later. dreams later? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was malaria. Uh one thing I would say was, uh, you have to take malaria a couple of days before you get to Tanzania. You've got to like build up an amount of the uh, uh, yeah. anti-malarials in your bloodstream. So the first and time then I it's like four weeks after you get back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I took my first one. I can't remember how long it is before. It might be like twenty-eight hours or forty-eight hours. But it was just <laughs> as I got on the plane leaving uh, London. I'd done some weird like maths and worked out that was the best time to take it. Or, knowing me, I probably okay. just forgot and realised, like, oh, damn, I've got to take this. So I literally took it just before uh, takeoff and felt extremely ill. Because if oh. you don't take them with food, no good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they did, they did make people sick at points. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I mean, Matt... this is before the point that we're up to now, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's why we were taking it at breakfast or lunch, because you want to have, like... Yeah. Something oh, yeah. else in your stomach at the same time. Mana, didn't she bring some that don't make you sick? Yeah, she. The ones we had were doxycycline, yep. which are cheaper, um, mm. and the ones that the uh, program recommends. Yeah. Uh, but the other one is something like malarone, I think. Okay. And that one is recommended by chemists. It's more expensive, uh, and it doesn't make you sick. So. So yeah. Yeah. If you get a uh, doxycycline, it's paid for by Rally, but if you get the other one, that's out your own pocket, and I, I think it's like fifty quid or something around there if you go for them, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 
I think so. Because I remember being told by my GP when I was getting my vaccines, she said like, oh, don't go to Boots, go to Asda because it's cheaper. And you can, she told me like some random way you can get it even cheaper. You buy it in like some massive bulk quantity. But uh, yeah, it would have been 30 quid at least. And that was the cheapest you could get it. So, uh, okay. I know that was like 30 quid up. I think Mana maybe got it because she was Scottish. And I remember when I was at uni in Scotland, there's like different laws around, well, not laws, I don't know, systems around getting uh, prescriptions. So maybe she got it for free. Because uh, right. I don't think there were any English people that decided to stump up the cash for it. But Mana had the other one. So maybe that was a thing. I don't know. Mm. But moving on, the actual thing that you're there for, classes. <laughs> this uh, yeah. shouldn't be long. So, yeah. As we said last week, we came up with a little system. Two UKs, two TZs. They're your partners for the day. They're going to teach the lesson. So that involved pretty much sitting down, reading through the section of the book that we had uh, worked out was going to be taught that day. Uh either running the activities that were suggested or coming up with some activities that were that would help with the uh, teaching experience. Uh, the like activities were like the main way that we UK non Swahili speakers could contribute, I think. Yeah. And I would say sort of like energizer type. I think, yeah. If I was going back, that's probably something I would have wanted to know from like day one. Because then you can just yeah. settle into it. Okay, I'm going to be organising and thinking up activities. I think it took I'm us gonna a few days. I'm going to be hype days. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it took us, a, or at least it took me, a few weeks to kind of settle into that. I think at the beginning I was still trying to be like, well, how do I teach this? And that kind of thing. And I feel that was just a waste of time for me. If I'd yeah. realised, uh, focus less on that, focus more <laughs> on, yeah making this engaging yeah would have been a bit better yeah yeah like for me i got a, a bit too frustrated about things i couldn't do whereas yeah. i should have really been focusing on like what i can do and w what little small tasks i can do which will help the mm -hmm. outcome of the lessons so i think a lot of it was uh going into the classroom and copying out sections from the book onto the blackboard for uh, the students to kind of like copy out or look at. And aside from that, it was writing on big A1 sheets of paper and colouring in little uh, things for activities. I remember distinctly uh, like drawing, well, I'm not sure if I drew them, but we were drawing, colouring in, and then cutting out kind of pictures of lemons. Yeah. And we had to make that like a hundred of that them. That was the later one. Yeah, lots of lots of lemons. Uh, but you know, when life gives you lemons, colour them in. Yes. And that's what we did. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't too bad. Now, you might have realised, two UKs, two TZs, that leaves five UKs? and five TVZs are not doing the lesson. So do you remember what uh, those people were mainly doing? On... Um, playing Phil uh -huh. and reading books and playing cards. Yeah. 
like I don't remember specifically having anything to do while people were teaching. No. Maybe like the the some people could do the um you know log the hours into the classroom yeah. and like the register and things. Mm. Similarly when there were big tasks like drawing out loads of the same thing or colouring them in. Often people yeah. would put down their book and kind of help out with kind of menial tasks like that. Menial tasks. Yeah. The phrase that's coming up quite a lot here. Disappointingly, uh, commonly. But yeah, uh, that was mainly in the classroom. Keep out the sun in the midday or out under the big tree next to the uh, playing field. So that's where we probably spent uh, 99% of our time when we were in. Well, no, we spent half of it sleeping, but while we were awake, <laughs> you're going to spend 99% of the time between those two spots, probably. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, you can imagine that kind of got a bit boring after a while. So uh, in that weird way where you come up with like a dumb idea and then you keep like... <laughs> uh, rethinking it and adding to it uh we yes. came up with a bit of a little like joke an absolute saga it was not a joke this was a serious saga and this will actually explain a thing that maybe as a listener you'll be like kind of a bit weirded out by but uh yeah i'll let I'll you let might it. relate to it a little bit like the the obscurity of it all but also, I think it will explain the uh, the intro to this show, <laughs> which is just a random thing for no reason. But yeah, you might uh, you might come to understand the thinking behind it. So one thing we did was the Sean Connery voice, R.I.P. which we did quite a lot. It was uh, yes, R.I.P. Might we add? Yeah, that was what uh, uh, spurned Joe to get back into contact with me. And what started us actually <laughs> making this uh, podcast back again. It actually was, yeah. yeah it, it, but, took um, a, it took a death, but, you know, it was a noble sacrifice by our man, Sean. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we would, we would make fun of the way he would treat women, <laughs> I think, is... Yeah. <laughs> I think his attitudes <laughs> to gender yeah. roles and such... I think it was, we were doing these... Uh... When you slap a woman, you must use the palm of your hand. This is kinder. <laughs> I think it came... People from... will be listening to this thinking, why are we laughing at this? This is not funny, but... It was, it was yeah. laughing at a bad person. It wasn't uh, laughing at uh, the yeah. actions. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it came from we were doing these uh, little cultural exchange things uh, once a week where we'd sit down and we'd talk about, like, how does healthcare work in Tanzania? How does it work in the UK? What uh, yes. uh, opinions of homosexuality in Tanzania? What are they like in the UK? What's I remember I, I suggested <laughs> talking about that and it got sort of... It got sort of like, yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, I think... Uh, that was a bit of a low point, but I think talking about that and like attitudes towards women randomly spurred that 
recollection I had that Sean Connery said that like, oh, if you if you hit a woman, you should do it with the palm of your hand because it's kinder. And I think it just when we were talking about this kind of like uh, attitudes towards women, it reminded me of that. And I thought it was kind of funny in that kind of like really messed up way. So I mentioned it, and then Sean Connery became a bit of a meme and just a guy yeah. we'd uh, poke fun at. Speaking of memes, yeah. <laughs> We were t- so one time we went for a walk and we got, uh, I think we got a little bit told off for it because I think it was me on my own, was... wasn't it? Yeah, we all went on the walk, but you got oh. <laughs> you got the stick for it. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it was beyond the Wi-Fi tree. So the Wi-Fi tree yes. was kind of like a place we were allowed to go to. Uh, send messages home or whatever. But beyond the Wi-Fi tree, that was a virgin territory. And so Mm. I think one day I went out there and I was told that was a bad thing to do. Someone saw me leave or come back and I was given a bit of a beating down because they said there was a big snake that could have got me. Now... And uh, I think you sort of... Uh, we sort of made sh- mix the word snake with. <laughs> well, I think it was how Sean Connery Shrek. would uh, pronounce snake. Uh, <laughs> kind of more. <laughs> the big snake. Yeah. <laughs> so this was this kind of like mythical creature that lived out in the uh, forest surrounding uh, Quadoli. How, how big did we say it was? Oh, um, it was like it could wrap itself all the way around the world and bite yeah. its own tail. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty big, nonetheless. I think it also had the uh, face of Shrek. <laughs> uh, which, um, yeah. Another impression which we did was... Uh, <laughs> You want to play a rap? Okay. Say hello to my little friend. So, for all the people at home that don't know, that was supposed to be Scarface. As in uh, Al Pacino. Supposed to be? I thought I thought he just walked in and said it. Uh, well, I don't want to ruin the illusion, but uh, in case Al Pacino is listening to this himself and can tell from the like <laughs> very minor things that he wasn't there... You know, I just want to make it clear. But yeah, so that was another impression that all got thrown in. And uh, we came up with and like... And were there any more impressions? There was one more, unfortunately. But uh, and yeah. And who was this? It was... Uh, it'd be really good if I knew his like secret identity. But it's uh, Bane from Batman. Specifically the uh, Tom Hardy Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I think we came up with like over over a couple of weeks and uh, sitting in the corner of a classroom not really doing much aside from the uh, amount of free time we had. Yeah. We uh we came up with like a little uh a little story where these uh four people would uh all go to uh fight each other. <laughs> we actually we had like we actually had like points in the story, like how they all sort of tied in with each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and then turned against each other and and it, it was of course set in Quadoli. Yeah. Where else? Um but it ended up with Sean Connery is in the story. He's ref he's um he will never use the back of his hand <laughs> the back of his hand. <laughs> um, it feels awful to be laughing about this now that he's now that he has unfortunately left us, but um it came down to a final showdown between Sean and Shrek, who had turned himself into a big Schneck at this point. Yeah. And the way he defeats the Schneck, do you want to say it? Because I'm... I, I'm going to let you do it. I think you were the uh, the true architect of this story. I don't want to take uh, the pride <laughs> for myself. It would be wrong. Well, there's nothing left to it. My forehand has no power against this beast. I must now use the back of my hand. And then with one mighty smack of the back of Sean Connery's hand, the schneck shriveled and was no more. Those are yeah, the... so this is our podcast about livelihoods in Tanzania. Yeah, I hope that that, uh, that last like 10 minutes ramble has been helpful if you're considering uh signing up and you want to know what village life is going to be like uh but yeah that was a little story we made up and as you can tell uh it actually had a big enough kind of impact that we decided to use uh shrek's theme tune all star as the uh intro to this pod so yeah now you know which is why you've been hearing that and alex sent me Shrek memes constantly. Well, <laughs> if I ever get a center Shrek meme, I decide to like pass it on. But uh Is it not just me that gets them? <laughs> uh well you're the only person I send them to. I'm in a I'm in a chat where some friends send me them, so yeah, I relay them. Uh but uh <laughs> let me just look. What is next? I'm not to race it. But I'm fed up with all these fairy tale characters turning up at me swamp. Not against them. Just don't like Okay, well I'm gonna have to put a link to that in the description so people can tell what that is. Uh Well we'll move on to the next thing, which is simply the word well, two words, Welsh cakes. Uh Izzy made Welsh cakes, yeah, didn't so she? Izzy, you wouldn't know it, she never said it, but it turns out she was Welsh. And uh, she had a big thing for these uh, little <laughs> cakes called Welsh cakes, which I've had and I was not a big fan of. I found them like, they're like a squish scone. But uh, she went on about how they were probably like the tastiest thing ever devised by man. And uh, for her birthday later on, which we will get back to, she actually made them. So, uh, yeah. I feel a Welsh I feel cake. like in the story... Yeah. Going back to this again. Sorry, listeners. But Izzy was in the story, I think, and she had Welsh cakes. Yeah. Something. That, yeah. Something stupid like that. I think she tried to give some to Sean Connery, but he was having none of them. <laughs> uh, something to do. He, like, Sean Connery didn't eat anything apart from uh, scotch whiskey and haggis. <laughs> He would never touch anything that had the word Welsh in it. 
people listening to this be like, what What do these guys have against Sean Connery? <laughs> I think they'll also be like, what the hell happened? This podcast was fairly succinct. You could skip the end bit after they say, like, the Swahili segment. But now that we've put this right in the middle. Anyway, we'll move on to a bit more important, and that is Caro's visit. So, uh... What was more that? important than Shrek vision versus Bean vs. Goat. What? Tell me, what could be more important than that? <laughs> I think this kind of just, like broken laughter is uh what we were doing when we were talking about this dumb story but yeah so caro <laughs> you've heard about her before first mentioned in the uh, uh the doncaster weekend she uh she gave us a little speech about what it would be like in village and once we got to the country she acted as a kind of i don't know she was like our leader for all the groups wasn't she yeah she she visited all of us, I think. Multiple times, a few times, at least three, I think. Mm. Yeah. And uh, this. She was like the go-between for field base and the villages. Yeah. So uh, the first time she came was a couple of weeks in, two slash three weeks. I feel it might have been earlier or later for other villages. But all around the same time, because they needed you to have quite a bit of time in village before she came, because she was taking feedback. So everybody got like half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour with her, spread out throughout the day. Uh, Filippo, her TZ kind of counterpart, uh, interviewed all the TZs, and Caro did all the UK volunteers, I guess for like the language barrier. But uh, yeah. Uh, how do you think that went? It was quite good. I sort of... We we were able to, like, express how we were feeling about the projects at that time. I, and I sort of said, like, honestly, like, I'm not feeling I'm able to contribute much to the sessions. And I also feel like there's too much of a division between TC volunteers and UK volunteers. Like, we had... We had sort of cliqued up at that point, like, uh, the, the Tanzanian group of friends and us, yeah. sort of, we didn't really, we would talk to each other, like, during, like, while we were doing rally stuff. Yeah, and um, at, like... And like, colouring in. And, like, at lunch and stuff, but pretty much, once we'd finished for the day, we'd all go off. We'd play Uno at uh, Jill's house, and all the TZs would go off, and I'll well, probably play. Wasn't it more like Sufiani's? Uh, it was sort of yeah. like where George yeah, it was. was. I don't know why I thought that was Jill's house. Yeah, but uh, and there wasn't too much uh, interaction. I think the uh, I don't know. I think like the language barrier was a bit of it, but. Yeah, I think people just cleaked up, you know? Yeah. I remember often, like, I don't know. I think it was 50-50, because often we got on quite well, and often people would always come over to my household quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I would often just randomly, like, walk past in the evening after, like, brushing my teeth, and Alan would have invited over kind of, like, Eric and Mambua and a couple of people, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes it was on, but... <laughs> 
I don't think there was as much uh, cohesion in our group as well I would have hoped, and as much as in some of the other ones. Yeah, I I there, we did like there were some like fallings out at some point. Yeah. Um. Just people getting frustrated with. Uh, like some of the UKs got frustrated at the TTs for, I don't know, something. Like, something small that we were planning, but we couldn't agree on what it was going to be. Yeah, ah, was it like, not an action day, but something like that, and the TZs something wanted like to that. get music, and we thought we could spend the money differently or something? Um, I, I'm trying to remember now. It was it was so long ago. Yeah. But, um, it was, we were planning some sort of activity, um... It might have even been like a, a big lesson or something. Ah. Uh, um. But yeah, we just couldn't agree, and that led to a bit of a. I was just gonna say the dumbest thing. We couldn't agree, and that led to a bit of a disagreement. Such a pointless yeah. sentence. But um, yeah. I think cabin fever is very uh. What's it called? quite frequent on these type uh, projects. I mean, these are people mm. that you didn't know two weeks ago, and now you're spending kind of four weeks where you literally talk to zero other people apart from this group of about 14. So, yeah. and you're together for kind of like five hours a day. You're not allowed to kind of explore the village. And in our case, the village was tiny. So, you couldn't really get more than about 50 metres away from someone if you really, like, you ran to the opposite end of the village. So, yeah, it's not surprising that there was often little things were to escalate quite quickly because it was kind of the perfect environment for people to get quite pent up and frustrated. Yeah. But anyway, we were talking about Caro's visit. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that So was... many sidetracks. Yeah, but this <laughs> so one was at tangents. least uh, less about Relevant. some, like... Yeah, some dumb, some dumb story <laughs> that I definitely didn't have anything to do with. I think that was all yours, Joe. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, you had just as much a part of it as me, and this is not uh, some dumb story. That was a masterpiece. Soon to be Oscar-worthy uh, material. Yeah, let's not be too ambitious. I think uh, I think Golden Globes best uh, musical. Oh right, be. yeah. But yeah, I think uh, when Kara came, my main concern was the lessons and how I didn't feel we as UKs were really that useful. And I think I said yeah. to her, like, if all the UKs, uh, don't know, all got food poisoning and had to be sent back to the UK, I feel the TZs could do this just as easily. Or maybe they'd be like, oh, damn, we have to colour in this sheet ourselves instead of getting the UKs. I felt we were very unuseful. And, uh, i got to admit, Caro was really good at what she did. And she did mm. make it seem like, oh, well, you just need to try harder. There's one of those things that it was like, yeah, that makes sense in a kind of like when you're not there, be like, oh, there's like a million reasons why that wouldn't work. And so. I, I, I remember you feeling quite positive after your conversation with Caro. I think I, yeah, I did, but then I tried, like, actually uh, implementing my ideas, and 
yeah, I think people weren't too bothered or something. I don't know. So, yeah. It is hard to sort of express, like, your your ideas in, like, groups, which is why yeah. I, I always hated group projects at school and college. <laughs> I just couldn't... I just couldn't... Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel... I think another thing that maybe we had... I don't think we had any one strong kind of voice. Usually in a group, you have kind of, like, quiet people and you have a more strong people whereas i think we were all fairly like even and so Mm. i don't know i think you got a lot of kind of like silences where no one really wanted to break it and i think yeah it's always a bad idea when i'm the one who's kind of like the loudest because i'm like the shyest person i know and yeah but yeah kara came made me feel quite inspired but quite quickly that didn't that kind of went away uh, when I tried implementing it. Uh, anything else about her visit that you remember? It was nice seeing Filippo. Filippo, sorry. Yeah. Filippo. Um, well, it, it was just nice to hear, like, it's sort of, yeah, the things that I was raising are sort of fairly common yeah. to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, all right, from this point on, I'm going to give it everything I possibly have. Spoiler alert, I didn't. But um, <laughs> at, at the time, I was feeling very hopeful about mm. having an impact. It was also quite good because as they'd been going around all the villages, you could send on a message to another one. And I think I got yeah, a message yes. off Tom at that point, which was kind of like... Oh. 20 lines i've actually i've still got it it's crazy it's just a random bit of paper that i put in between my phone and my phone case and so i've carried it around with oh. me for the last like year just because i haven't bothered taking oh, it oh wow yeah, yeah yeah oh right i thought i thought you were gonna say because it's so sentimental to you no, but says, <laughs> no because you haven't bothered <laughs> yeah it says hey alex hope your ginger beard has caught on fire <laughs> uh, are you still doing fuck all and so, yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you get any? You couldn't... Uh, I, um... No, I didn't. Oh. No. <laughs> I think inspired it, by this... Would... Tr- sorry. No, you go. Sorry. Uh, I think inspired by uh, my message from Tom, I sent one to uh, Charlie... In a much the same light. I can't remember why I said that. <laughs> but we were really were doing fuck all though. Yeah. A lot of the time, and it felt we it felt really quite demoralizing. I think like, like when you realize how much money was spent, like carting your ass from the UK out to literally the other side of the world. We were in the southern hemisphere. Uh, I don't know. I was like, oh, what could they have done with this money instead? If they'd just sent, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm, the cost, the cash that they used for my plane ticket to the village instead, I feel it could have had a hundred times more impact. So, yeah, that didn't mm. feel great. Like, I'm grateful. Hello? That I was sent there. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 you just briefly uh, glitched out. Edit points. 
I will start from where I was saying something about something. Uh, like, I'm grateful that I was sent out there because I had a really great time overall and I made some really good friends and some excellent memories. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I also feel like the project had a good impact on the village. Mm. The When the entrepreneurs got their... Uh, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that but when we saw the impact the project had it was quite rewarding I didn't feel I had an impact myself though I feel like me being there wasn't helping if anything I was just making their lives that little bit more harder by just I don't know being an extra I wouldn't say or something yeah yeah mm. Yeah, I felt. I I I, I don't know. Mm. I felt 100% the same way, and uh, probably slightly more because I don't know. I feel I came across as surly, despite all my efforts not to. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Caro's visits. Uh, you can vent some of your frustration. Uh, yeah. You'll probably well whoever your I don't know field base uh, correspondent or whoever that is. Uh, you can vent your frustration. They'll probably give you some, like, not coping mechanisms, but tell you some things you could try instead, which might yeah. might work. But I think uh, quite a lot of the problems I had were probably, like, pretty fundamental to how the project works, so not really things you can change. And, uh, yeah, moving onwards, more things that we did. Uh, I'm going to start it off. Origami. As we Origami. said... As we said in the uh, training week in Morogoro, yes. uh, I uh, whipped out my origami skills. And I think while I was there in the village, I carried this on. And one of the things that I really enjoyed, which if I was one of those kind of Instagram people, this would definitely be a picture uh, I would have taken, was <laughs> I taught about like 20 kids at once how to make a little origami uh, frog outside of Joe's uh, house. So I got like a book, ripped out 20 yeah. pages, handed it over, got everybody to start copying my instructions. I quite enjoyed that. I feel that's one of the main I never... Out. Yeah, I remember that. And they they, they enjoyed it as well. Yeah. That's... They, they sort of... You sort of got a reputation with them for that. Yeah. Like, they were like, Alex, frog, <laughs> or something well, like that. Uh-huh. I think I also tried to uh, fold as many of the little cranes as possible and just uh, tuck them away in the village. So, given how little it rains there, there's probably a bunch of them still hiding around in, uh, sitting on the kind of wooden beam. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, you did. There were, like... I forgot. I think every day when I put my, uh, my, uh, roll mat back up into the, uh, the loft after doing exercise, I think I tried to, like, sneak one up there while I was kind of hanging from the ceiling. So, yeah, if you're ever in Quadoli... Have a look out, see if you can see my handiwork. Uh, like in the classrooms on... Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember now. On the little beams. Yeah. For looking down at the... <laughs> the kids probably have a lot of fun, like, just trying to get them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I said, put my roll mat up in the beams after doing exercise. Do you want to take this one up, Joe? Oh... Uh, 
Well, yeah, every uh, every morning at about was it about eight thirty ish? I thought it was like seven. It was like, oh right, it was whenever we woke up really. Yeah. We'd go straight to the school, uh, and do a few laps of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I'm pretty sure you were about twice as fast as me at that point. Yeah. <laughs> You'd you you would lap me on those uh, on those little runs, but mm. um, that was what I lived yeah. for, Joe, to assert <laughs> my dominance over you. It's the only time I that, truly that felt alive. Fun. Yeah. Sometimes the kids would join in as well. Yeah, that was always nice. They'd, getting uh, yeah. getting followed by like a little trail of uh, <laughs> five people. Uh, so yeah. We would follow my 30 days to six-pack abs. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like app and... Um, yeah. Are we saving that for the apps and games episode? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, spoiler alert, wasn't very good at it and didn't put his effort in, which I think is very... Uh... You know, I think were we to do that now, I'd be a lot better. Okay. Is that the lack of the rice and bean diets, or have you improved your physical form? I wouldn't say I've improved my... Well, I I don't know whether I can... Whether I... I, I hope I have. Okay. But, um, you know, I've, 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 from, I've done, like, some of those exercises. Um, and, yeah enjoyed it more than I did back then. Mm. I used to hate them back then. <laughs> a year older and, uh, yeah, you're... Uh, a, a year wiser. Yeah. I hope. And talking about years older, God, these segues are too good. Uh, <laughs> a few what the... a great segue. <laughs> uh, a few of the... A few of the things that we celebrated when we were in Quadoli were uh, birthdays. Now, my birthday is in April, so we weren't there at all. Yours is in December. December. So, yeah, missed it as well. But three of them, uh, Kate, Izzy, and... Jill. As well as Aziza. And did Rose have one? But anyway, they uh, celebrated their birthdays in... Well... In uh, in Tanzania. In the village. No, because. Do you remember the tradition? Yeah, and I. Well, the tradition was to like chuck a bucket of water over them, which I'm not sure was that a tradition. I mean. <laughs> they just made it up for when we came along. Well, I feel. Yeah. I mean, all the groups did it, and we did it at phase review, so it must. It there must have been some truth in it. Ah. Uh. Well, Unless it's just what rally make make up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So birthdays were quite fun, as we said before. Welsh cakes. Izzy was going on about uh, that, and uh, for her. I birthday, remember actually, actually, to just to go back to the water thing. I told my friends about it when I got home, and they were like, "Right, it's your birthday today. That's what we're doing." I was like, "Oops, shouldn't have mentioned that." <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well. No, my birthday was like mid-COVID, so we wouldn't be able to do it anyway. But, uh, yeah. Uh, 
I'm too old and boring to do that, and so are my friends. So, <laughs> yeah, Izzy made her Welsh cakes on her birthday. Did Jill or, well, Kate's, Kate's her birthday wasn't at the village. She was, when we were in phase review. We got pizza at phase review. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And did Jill do anything special? Was that the chicken night or whatever? Might have been. Or did we get, yeah. Might have been, yeah. Because they got like a big sack of potatoes in one of the days. I can't imagine that was just a random. So birthdays were quite fun. Uh, I think we all tried to make an effort. We made like a card. And I think you did like a terrible uh, drawing for her. Of her. And we all agreed that it was quite bad. and Quite scary. But, you know, endearing did at the you? same time. Wait, wait. I, I thought that was, I, I, I liked that drawing. It was Izzy riding on the dragon, flying through the Welsh valleys, carrying a bag of Welsh cakes. Mm -hmm. I think we had chicken for uh, Jill's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not my uh, favourite uh, experience. We, we dunked a bucket of water over her head. Mm -hmm. which was, you know, a great time was had by all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that moment. <laughs> I was quite jealous. I kind of wished I had my baby yeah, in that. Yeah, same. It would have been nice yeah. to... Would have been one to remember. I doubt Jill is going to forget the time she had her birthday in village. Yeah, and had a bucket of water tips yeah. on her head. Well, yeah, so if you're going to Tanzania... uh look out for that tradition and if you're not maybe introduce it to another part of the world oh now from that quite fun thing to something less fun i will preface this by saying this is extremely rare so you can almost guarantee it's not going to happen to you we were the one in a hundred that it did happen to but uh so yeah we actually needed to have one of our party members one of our volunteers uh go to hospital so yep we had uh unfortunately they suffered a pretty uh pretty serious uh breathing difficulty so i believe it was an asthma attack yeah, yeah, yeah and so we were sweeping we were sweeping the the classroom, the classroom. that was one um, of our kind of daily chores that we had to do um, and she was sort of struggling she was sort of coughing mm. um just a little bit to start with, but then it became, yeah. So we had actually uh, practiced this earlier on. I hope I mentioned it. Back in the first we week. We definitely done, did. Yeah, we had done that kind of, what's it called, uh, trial run where we had kind of simulated what it would be like to actually have to call up field base, organise transport, what to do with the person, uh, we didn't need to do this, but we, we practiced how to carry someone in a stretcher, etc, etc. I guess kind of came into help. I feel... Uh, we um, mostly stayed out the way, I think. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. There Which... were how many people in the group? So there was 14 volunteers plus the three, uh, what's it called? Team leaders. So that's, uh, well, the person who was ill, they obviously weren't helping. So... Uh, that's, but that still left uh, 16 people. And I think we needed like one person actually tending to the volunteer, one person on the phone with the field base, and that was kind of it. So there was a lot of uh, surplus people around, which is always good, you know? 
it's always good to have an extra yeah. person. But uh, yeah, this was quite a cramped small classroom. Uh, so yeah, for most of it, we stood out the way. I remember at one point, yeah, and this is uh, one of the things that I felt was maybe the worst uh, aspect of Quadoli. Uh, we had really terrible uh, phone reception. It was a bit mm. of a joke most of the time because we would just uh, kind of, whenever you're Saying doing the hello yeah, when you're doing the weekly uh, call in, you're just kind of going hello, 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 sorry, sorry, and talking over the person. But when it comes to like an actual medical emergency, that becomes terrifying. So yeah, that's what we were like battling against. Similarly, we were battling against. Uh, person was in the classroom and the wi-fi tree the one place you could get reception was i don't know like 200 meters away yeah and you literally couldn't move from the wi-fi tree otherwise you'd lose reception it was this little hill and i guess because of like a gap in a hit in two like hills over to the left you could just about get signal so if you moved like 10 meters in any direction you'd lose it so we had to like have people running backwards and forwards which wasn't great when you were trying to recite uh, stuff like uh, pulse rate and uh, breaths per minute mm. so that was pretty scary we tried guessing a what's it called a satellite phone but that worked even worse uh yeah overall not that great but i guess importantly that it was it did work well enough that the person was uh, totally fine they are uh, they had some injections which really helped with it and then i don't know like half an hour later a kind of four by four turned up and then the person along with uh, their what would you call it what was i counterparts counterpart is it counterpart. yeah yeah uh they went off to the hospital and a few days later they returned to cordoli and they were fine so yeah that was in terms of the actual like outcome it was great it was just in the actual experience for me that was very uh quite scary and i really wished i don't know it'd been set up a bit better kind of thing yeah like it was one of those like situations where you really feel kind of helpless yeah because i know i did sitting by the tree i was sort of ready to help out but at the same time didn't want to get in the way yeah um I think I was on the phone at one point, whether that helped that much. But uh, yeah, there were definitely more than enough people. Yeah, I think that also went on later to be a bit of a sticking point. I think lots of the UKs were very uh, uh, clear that like didn't want to crowd around. Whereas I think lots of the TGs yeah. were very keen to like try to help out in any way they could. And, yeah, that caused a bit of friction for a while, but I think a week later or something... They did say it, it was sort of a cultural thing, because, uh, like, if someone... If there's someone injures themselves uh, in Tanzania, I think this is just what I think the TZ volunteers were saying, but it's sort of like... Um, it's expected that everyone would sort of drop what they're doing and try and help out or just try and you know everyone would get involved mm. in some way one way or another yeah which you can see the pros and cons i think both people had like a, a valid points uh yeah uh but yeah so that happened not really sure what else to say about it kind of like the outcome was actually good like the person got better um 
she came back to the village, which yep. was brilliant. And uh, so, yeah, but at the same time, at the time, it was pretty uh, hectic and <laughs> I don't know. Invest in a better satellite phone or something. I don't know. Anyway, mm. I guess we will move on. That's more to rally than to potential volunteers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. well, this was actually the day before, but uh, we'll talk about a bit more of a fun activity. Uh, we went on a bit of an expedition. The trek. Woo. Yeah. So uh, the big schneck had come from a little trek that we went on where we just kind of followed the path that went out beyond the Wi-Fi tree and just kind of followed mm. it round till we got to the top of a hill. <laughs> but that was a kind of like half an hour walk. Uh, but then we used that kind of experience to uh, move us onwards and we hired, a couple of weeks later, on one of the weekends, we hired a local guide? Did we not? Uh... Is that what we did? I, I didn't know what was going on, to be honest, but I know that someone from the village who knew what they were doing. I, thought... I feel like they might have been going up anyway. Yeah. And we tagged along. Something mm. like that, anyway. We had someone who knew where they were going mm. with us. But, uh, yeah, we they talked about how there were some... What are they called? Some waterfalls up in the mountains. Don't know which direction. I'm going to say northeast. Of the village, how far away do you think it was? A couple of miles, maybe, like two, three. Yeah, about that. It was. It was a trek, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, me and Alan beforehand had to go to the uh, the village elder, the woman who had done that speech a couple of weeks before, where we had first sat on the logs. But uh, we had a talk. I had to ask a bunch of questions for Rally about what the dangers would be. So I had to say, like, is there a risk of, uh, you know, landslides? Is there a risk of, like, being attacked by uh, bandits? A snake. Yeah, I think, I think snakes and stuff, wild animals, did come up. So I had to ask this woman in... She looks uh, increasingly annoyed as I was talking about, is there a risk of being attacked by, uh, you know, tigers and stuff? But, because uh, I think it's just a generic one for, like, the whole of the world. Is there a risk of uh, avalanches in, you know... 35 degrees Celsius, Tanzania. Um, well, there is snow in... Oh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Up mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Silly me. What a fool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so did that, sent it off to field base in one of the uh, phone calls at the end of the week. Got a... Oh. Got a reply back. We were allowed. That was my phone. <laughs> And yeah, we are headed off on this uh, trek up the mountain. Do you want to just briefly talk through what we went past? I don't think I remember it half as well as, as you do. I just remember it being nice scenery, oh. uh, a lot of walking, yeah. maybe, at, yeah, yeah. So I think it was like a... Wearing my... Oh, I got a chance to wear my hiking boots. Oh, yeah, I think that was... Yeah. I would like rotate through my shoes because they got so stinky, but uh, yeah, this was the oh, one time. Oh god, I had to throw <laughs> some away. <laughs> I don't know what it is, just a combination of like the sweat and stuff. I don't know, but literally mm. you could smell your feet when they were inside your shoes. It was, oh my god, 
remember to bring a like yeah. foot antiperspirant next time. But yeah, mm. headed out through the farmlands, through some kind of uh, rice fields, getting further out, through some banana fields, then crossed a big, well, it was a river, but it was about like two centimeters deep. It was just like a hundred meters wide. Uh, and then, yeah, up the side through the jungles, up to the very top where there was, there was like a kind of like a fairly uh, big stream, but still not a proper river. It was one of the uh, tributaries. And yeah, got to the very top and there was a waterfall. And this was, I guess, the furthest out of the village we ever got. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that was a pretty nice day. I remember at the top, uh, so the water we'd been getting out of uh, pumps. And so it had, uh, like the pumps were made of steel and obviously like rusted. So all the water had this kind of like tiny, tiny like bits of uh, iron oxide in it. So it had a kind of funky-ish taste. But when we got to the very top, this was like stream water. It was crystal clear. There were no farms around. There was no chemicals in it. And I remember bringing my... I'd brought like enough tablets to uh I'd brought enough water purification tablets to last the whole four weeks. So I wanted to use them. Uh, and I used them right, at the top. Yeah. And that was the nicest water I'd ever drank, I think. Wow. Even with the chlorine in it. Well, yeah, but it was these other ones which didn't taste as bad. But, yeah. Right, yeah. Anything else you want to say about the walk, or...? I'm just remembering it as as you talk about it, honestly. We took some nice photos, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one memory I have from that walk. Um, so we, we... It was very hot. Uh, I was getting very tired. A lot of us were. So we decided to take a short break, a sort of stop. Um, and just as we were sort of chilling there, this guy, one guy carrying a huge bag of rice about the same size as him, walking barefoot, I think, up <laughs> the up the mountain. And it was just like, well, this really puts my annoyance in perspective yeah it's just like oh i yeah i believe this dude was also like you know in his mid to late 60s yeah he was wasn't he yeah, yeah. i'd completely forgot about him yeah but yeah but that it's like it was sort of the first time you sort of like you see on comic relief that people do go on like massive journeys to get the simplest things and they have like, have to do really physically demanding things mm. a lot of the time. And, yeah, it was just like, oh, wow. I, my, I, I, sh I can never rightfully complain about my life again. Yeah. It was, uh, it was also nice seeing the kind of, like, surrounding villages. Because even though we were walking up to this uh, very remote kind of waterfall, we went through a couple of the houses that were right up in the kind of mountains so it was cool seeing mm. like how people live in these kind of like these places that are like a 45 minute walk to the nearest village which is a 45 yeah. minute drive from the nearest place with like you know a plug-in kind of like you know mains electricity and stuff so it was cool to see yeah. the different uh, levels of remote that there were 
And yeah, I think everyone there was also very friendly. It was nice to see that it wasn't just oh, the yeah. people in the villages. It was when you went out into the middle of nowhere. There were there are people where, I don't know, they maybe went into the actual village once a month at the most. But mm. but they were all very happy to see us as well, which was... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really lovely. Yeah. Lovely, yeah. We had a bonfire. We did. Do you want to go on a bit more about we this? We were about the waterfall trip. No, 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 the bonfire, sorry. Oh, the bonfire. Yeah, I, I I didn't segue it like you did, but um, <laughs> we 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 were building up to this bonfire. I feel like it was like we wrote it on the weekly plan as like a a sort of highlight thing. Like, oh my god, I can't wait for the bonfire! The bonfire is so amazing. Yeah, I uh, think this and came what from, we did. This came from Caro's visit, didn't it? I think it was first suggested, and we asked her when she would oh. hear if we would be allowed to do it. And I think she gave us the go-ahead, so then we were like, yes, next weekend. Ah, right. Yeah, the thing, we, we, we went round, like, when it was the night of the bonfire, we went round to many different homes across the village and said, we're having a bonfire tonight, would you like to come along? Hmm. Which was... Which was really good because we got to meet a lot of the villagers and just have a nice time with them. But <laughs> they they have bonfires all the time. Like it yeah. is for <laughs> us, it was a big thing. But they often have bonfires just outside outside their their house at night, and um, it was like oh. A bonfire, C- cool. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> but yeah, they all did come along, and that was very nice. We brought all the chairs from uh, Sufiani's, <laughs> George's household. Uh, I think we also bought a massive uh, crate of various uh, soft drinks. So we had. Oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't mentioned these uh, soft drinks before, but we had the Mirandas. Miranda was a big one. Uh, we had the, uh, what was my favourite one? Stony Tango Easy. Yep, that one. Stony Tango Easy. 7-Up. Did we have Coca-Cola? We did, didn't we? I don't like Coke, Yeah, so we I did. I don't really drink it, but... Uh... And was you that... know, I... Looking back, I wish I didn't drink so much, so much soft drinks. Like, because... Not that it did me any harm, but it was... It didn't really... It... I don't know, it didn't really make anything... I, like, I don't... Yeah, should have stuck to water. Water hydrates and is better. Ah, uh, okay. Well, uh, I really enjoyed them. I thought they were great. I think it's one of those things that uh, one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, exports or whatever from Tanzania is sugar cane. So sugar is quite yeah. cheap in the country. And so all the drinks We would there... often eat... Sh- yeah, go ahead. We would often just, like... Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you there. We would often, like, have just canes of sugar, which we'd just bite into, suck the sh- sugar out, which was like a juice, a sugary water, mm. and then just throw away the cane. Yeah. I never They I were, never they were quite that. nice. Nah. It was an acquired taste. Yeah, because it tasted like sweet, but it also had this kind of like planty kind of like, don't know. Well, it was a challenge to like get the sugar out. (laughs) Yeah, but I would say that 
I think because sugar is so cheap and there's like zero kind of health concerns, uh, all the drinks there are super sugary. And I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of soft drinks, but yeah, that uh, that ginger beer, the Stony Tangawaisi, that was uh, that was something I dream about. I blamed that Stony Tangawaisi for the first time I got uh, the shits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, on that uh, are we gonna, on that note, are uh, we gonna talk about that, or are we gonna dedicate a full episode to? Uh, I guess we do have the tragedies where I, uh, we can talk about your horrific experience with uh, the DMV and we can talk about my horrific uh, experience with the uh, duck and goose. <laughs> but yeah, Are we going to talk about the genuine tragedy that did happen? Uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll cover that. That can be our serious topic for that. But uh, right. bonfire, back to the fun parts. Don't bring it down too much, Joe. <laughs> So, <laughs> yes, sorry. So everybody kind of gathered around. Holly. We had all the chairs, which I wonderfully managed to not get. So I was sitting on the grass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we had all these drinks. I think we were like, yeah, just take one. Return the bottle when you're finished. Uh, we'd also brought out the things that I can never remember the name of. The little donuts. Mendozzi. The Mendozzi's, which I actually liked in this experience. If you have them with a soft drink and they're still hot, uh, it's quite nice. You know, something mm. that's vaguely sweet when you're drinking with this extremely sweet drink. That that worked out quite well for me. It was nice that. Mm. I feel like we 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 sort of sat. At, at, this was the point where we realised what cliques were forming. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we were just sort of looking at opposite the fire and like look at those for there there. They're gonna. They're hanging around together quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, but um, like, who's laughing now? Do they have a podcast together? I don't think so. <laughs> this is the bonds you make as outcasts. They're stronger than anything <laughs> you can make in the in group, and I'm. <laughs> I'm not bitter whatsoever. <laughs> we we we. Uh, I feel like that night was it. That night that we started singing loads of film theme tunes uh i don't remember this but maybe it sounds the th kind of thing i would do it's the kind of thing we did a lot of and like we were talking about indiana jones and yeah. the last crusade being such a masterpiece an absolute banger of a movie uh absolute banger of a movie indeed so yeah, that was the uh, bonfire. We would go on to have a few of them, but I think we only managed to organise the one in the uh, the first phase. So we'll uh, we'll get back to the uh, second and third bonfires later on. I think overall it was a pretty big success. I think everybody enjoyed it. And yeah, I think that was maybe like a highlight for me, one of the big things. I think I was very, with how the kind of health and safety and stuff was going, I did not think they were going to let us do it. An open big like flame in the middle of a field with some very dry grass. I didn't think we'd get the uh, sign off, but yeah, mm. a couple of people from the village said it would be okay. So I think that kind of tidied the uh, like kind of field base over to give us the permission. And yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I think it was something that like- Yeah, it on... was very nice. Yeah. Now it's not on our little plan, but I'm going to throw it in there. Oh, well card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forgot Pick what it is. Pick a colour. Red, uh, green, yellow or blue. 
What was it going to be? It was something uh, else we did in the first bit. Avengers. No, it's fine. I'll edit this out. Um... <laughs> Avengers thrown you. Did you have it until I, I just... No, I had it a, a while back. What were you we talking Back on topic. Okay. I'm slightly disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> okay, well, you won't notice at home because of my excellent editing skills. But we just spent about 10 minutes trying to work out what I'd forgotten. And what I wanted to talk about is markets. So this was a big part of Quadoli. And something that happened in the, uh, the first phase. That What day was it? Was it every Sunday? Or was um, it like Mondays? Something weird like that. Yeah, it might have been Fridays. Ah. Uh, I but, don't know. Anyway, be basically, yeah. once anyway. was it once a week or was it once a fortnight? I think it was fortnight, wasn't once. it? Once. Oh, it might have been once a fortnight now you mention it. On Mondays. <laughs> so yeah, once a fortnight, a whole bunch of people uh, rock up from out of town on the back of pickup trucks, on their peaky peakies. Uh, maybe a few of them in cars, but I doubt it. But yeah, these are market traders. And Quadoli becomes... Uh, kind of a market town for uh, roughly about till like three o'clock. So mm. one of the things that hopefully at the end of this, I will get the film from my camera, uh, what's it called, processed, and uh, I can uh, upload like a little document that you can all have a look through. But uh, one of the things I noticed while walking through the village early on was that there were tons of just like kind of these weird stick framework buildings alongside the road. So these were just sticks put into the ground that were about like two meters tall that were all like kind of lashed together yeah. in this big kind of like a, <clears throat> looked a bit like a climbing frame, like a really crude one made out of uh, sticks. But yeah, I thought, oh, these must just be our uh, buildings that were never finished or something. But no, they were for the marketplace. So the people would rock up, kind of put uh, big pieces of fabric over the top to make like a kind of shade and then hang stuff up along the side. And that would be your... Uh, market stall. So, do you remember any of the things that they used to sell? Uh, so cloves. Mm. Uh, a lot of cloves. Um, what there else? Was, there was shoes. That was a big like, one. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoes. Yeah, like the Addy ones. Addy ones. That was a popular the, brand. Yeah, which was Adidas, but with. Four stripes. Yeah, they were the... Uh... Something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think food they sold quite a bit of. I remember buying... Yeah. I still got them, like these little uh, packs of like peanuts in this kind of like cellophane. <laughs> and you get a big like, I don't You've know... You still got them? Yeah, yeah, I might. You didn't eat them? Well, I, I think I was like <laughs> saving them and then I just never got round to it. And now I don't have the heart to. <laughs> There were also those weird ones that were like a cherry pip, but like coated in quite like bitter, like berry dust. Do you remember those? Uh, I think they were my favourite thing from the market. Yeah, the sort of, the sweets, the sort of red sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they call it? Red something. Oh, you're thinking of the weird like red licorice ones, right? 
Uh, Maybe. So. <laughs> that's just, that's just a memory that just hit me as soon as you said oh. that other thing. <laughs> Completely forgot about those sweets, but they were really nice. But uh, one of the other things that they sold at the marketplace was a fabric. So you could buy big kind of, were they saris? Were they like sold as that? You you remember this a lot better than I do. Oh, well, well they sold these kind of so, like... I think so, yeah. Yeah, so you could buy this piece of fabric that was like, what? I don't know. Three metres by one metre. And it was kind of like all folded up. And uh, yeah, people would, the women in Tanzania would wear them as skirts. They'd kind of like, would it, would it be pinned or was it just like kind of tied around their waist? I'm not really sure how it works. Um, I'm going to go with pinned, but I'm not sure. Okay. We'll have oh, to... but there was probably some of each. Mm. When we eventually uh, manage to it. bully Alan onto the uh, podcast, <laughs> we can ask him in person. But, uh, yeah. And they were also used to carry babies. Yes. This was your, like, all-in-one kind of versatile piece of clothing. Mm. But uh, quite early on, I bought a piece of fabric along with, well, quite a few of the others. We kind of looked around, I think, uh, tried to get some of the uh, the TZ volunteers in to help because bargaining seems to be just like a, a way of life. If you're in Tanzania and you're paying for something, there is room for bargaining. So, so yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, oh yeah, lots of haggling. Mm. You can't buy anything for a straight price. No. <laughs> You you ask someone how much is this, and then they'll say, "Well, how much do you think this is?" Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But uh, I bought a piece yeah. of fabric, uh, quite fetching piece of uh, it was like yellow fabric. It had these kind of like blue circles on it. <laughs> uh, for people in the business, I had a friend who did uh, like uh, uh printing. It's uh wax resist designs. So they're kind of like more commonly associated with India, I think. But uh, yeah, they're the kind of they're also like the kind of classical African, very colourful, vibrant designs that you kind of like you might see in media and stuff. But yeah, I bought this piece of fabric that's kind of like yellow and black with these uh, white and blue circles on, and I went to the local tailor a few days later and I had it made into some. What are they called? The trousers that Aladdin wears. Harem pants or something? Uh, yeah, I think that's what you... The words that you used. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually wearing them as we speak, which is why I wanted to bring them up. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're super comfy, and with lockdown, <laughs> they're like the perfect kind of... Uh, Perfect accessory. So yeah, I'm proudly wearing my Made in Quadoli. Uh... No way, I did not see that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that you're wearing those still. Yeah, yeah, they're great. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, did George have anything made? I don't think he did. No. I... Well, not until we no, all did later he... on, if he was included in that. Mm. But I think me and then... All the girls went and had a bunch of stuff made. So I had my trousers, and then I think all the girls went with skirts. I think maybe Jill went with some trousers as well. But uh, 
You got your bag fixed, didn't you? And yeah, I uh, also have. Because a... you, 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 your bag ripped at some point, so you got a nice sort of. Uh, how did it work? It was like you you had it patched up with some um, material from. Yeah, I think Lydia bought me some <laughs> fabric when she went into Morogoro, and then I combined that oh, with some right. other random black fabric that I had for another project and yeah they redid the lining inside as well as fixing the uh the uh the strap that had like come off this was a kind of like canvas rucksack that i have which ironically the other side has now broken so i think i need to go back to cordoli and get the <laughs> other side fixed no you need to go to another part of the world and get whatever material is ah. is uh unique to that place and get that get it like a, so a big it, patchwork of the world yeah wouldn't that be amazing that would be quite nice that would be so hipster though my friends already make fun of me enough already <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should embrace it yeah but uh yeah uh tailoring is kind of like quite a big part of village life I think most people will wear clothes that were made in the village especially the women with their kind of skirts and stuff <laughs> Yeah, well, it would be like a t-shirt and uh, a skirt made from the kanga. Ah, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. If you, want to, if you want to take something back with you that's uh, maybe quite special to you, I think definitely yeah. embracing the kind of local culture and buying some fabric there and having something made up for you. As I say, I'm wearing mine now over a year later mm. it's uh yeah and i think i'll keep these like probably as long as i can uh so yeah that's a nice little thing that i think as i said in like episode four or whatever i didn't have uh much money on me but i'm very glad that i spent the little stuff that i managed to translate into sweet uh tanzanian shillings on uh clothing so we would often spend our nights playing Uno at Sufiani's, which was George's homestay, mm -hmm. where we would, where we would sort of spend our evenings. Yes. Most of the UKs, we were still very divided at this point. Like the UKs had their place for the evening, and uh, anyway, we'd talk about like. We'd we'd use we'd uh, when it was time to go. Which me is, and Alex would sort of. This is around like ten o'clock. It's getting quite dark. All the people in the village are going to sleep. I'm not sure it's ten o'clock. You know, it, it's dark, but it's before dinner time. Is it okay? <laughs> it's like seven, maybe. Okay. Because we would eat at like eight and then yeah. go to bed. Mm. Um. Yeah, but we'd sort of linger mm. as we were going home, so we just we could uh, we could just stand there for for like nearly an hour just talking about dreams or something that fascinated us like that. And this might sound very uh, you know inspirational and stuff. We were talking about our dreams, <laughs> our ambitions, our our hopes and fears. Uh, no, no, no. This is like physically that weird stuff that goes on in your brain when you're asleep. 
<laughs> and believe me, it was really weird. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe it's like the different you... climate. Oh, sorry. Give give oh. us give us that quote from the guy who wrote um, Jekyll and Hyde. So it was. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Is it Robert Louis Stevenson, or is he the guy that invented the steam engine? I always get them confused. Anyway, uh... Oh, that was George Stevenson. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, so, Robert Louis Stevenson, the author, who wrote Jekyll and Hyde, <laughs> he, uh, supposedly had a dream about, uh... <laughs> about, like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde... This is about... boring fact material. <laughs> it is, but, uh, I've got another one for boring facts, don't worry. But, uh, ah, okay. he was having a dream... <laughs> about like Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde, like a dude who had two personalities who would change. And uh supposedly it was that like wilder dream he was actually like shouting in his sleep. So uh his wife who was sharing the bed with him uh like shook him awake. <laughs> and he was uh he was very annoyed by this for some reason. You know, there's a person <laughs> screaming in their sleep and you wake them up and then they kinda like look mm. at you angrily and he said to her like, Why did you wake me up, woman? He seems like he was a very kind of Sean Connery type of guy. Uh, he said, I was having a spine chiller. And uh, yeah, it was in a podcast that I was listening to. They mentioned it. And I just, it stuck with me, calling a dream or like a nightmare a spine chiller. It's very antiquated. That became our, our like, way of saying goodnight. Yeah, Have yeah, a yeah. spine chiller. Because we, we, this sort of changed my perspective on dreams. Like, I... Like, under doxycycline especially, I was often scared that I might have a nightmare oh. and it would be really uncomfortable. But after that, I was like, you know what? I should hope for a good horror dream that yeah. I can t talk about. <laughs> it was kind of like, it was like in a free horror movie that you could uh, report back to the class yeah. about the next day. It didn't help it. Well, I don't know. It was a... Uh... It was also kind of amazing that uh, George, one of the UK volunteers that was there with us, he had like a history of having, uh, what's it called? Sleep paralysis? Sleep paralysis. And absolutely terrifying, like uh, recurring dreams that were like monstrous. And so, yeah, he was like, yeah, once a month I have this like absolutely horrific dream where I get chased by uh, vampires and stuff. So, uh, I don't know. There was always that kind of like, there was that bar that I was hoping to beat, but my brain never quite made it to that. <laughs> you know, I'd take my doxycycline just before going to sleep in the hopes that that would, like, tip me we over. We actually did that as well. Yeah. <laughs> all, I dream all I dreamt about was going home. It's so weird. Like, yeah. I dream now that I'm still there, but back then I dreamt about going home. Yeah. And I being like, oh, what? I wasted that time. Now, now I'm home. I realise that I've wasted that time. I'm going to wake up and make an impact today. Uh, spoiler alert again. I, I didn't, but um, yeah. yeah. I guess that dream became a reality. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I had dreams that are like, Cordoli was just my home now. And that was where my like work and whatever uh. was as well. You know, that kind of weird thing where it combines two places and they just become one. Yeah. And it's only when you wake up. Like, you up. open the door of your house and you're in <laughs> Quadoli. Yeah. Or you go out and, like, slap bang in the middle of Quadoli is my local Sainsbury's or something. You know, like, it just merges yeah. my two, like, universes together. We should we should just have, an, have a podcast about dreams. 
Maybe maybe that's <laughs> well we're coming up to the end of it. We've only got like You know what? Six. When we when when we finish the this podcast, we should just have a podcast like each day we talk about some something obscure okay. that we that we have spoken about on the logs. That's that's uh, not a bad idea. <laughs> and we can still have the fifteen quid and the Swahili section and mm-hmm. yeah. That's a... Uh... Well, leave us a review. See if that's something that you'd continue listening to. Or if we'll wrap it If you've made it this far. <laughs> if you've made it past the Sean Connery story, you're, you're locked <laughs> in for life. I, I, people stayed for this Sean Connery story, but they left as soon as we started talking about origami. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh... Dreams. So, yeah, we would... Uh, I think, while well, standing by the side of the road was a bit awkward, you know. We were literally outside someone's mm. house, so I think we had to keep our voice down because we didn't want to, in case there was someone on the other side of these uh, kind of like mud walls, we didn't want to wake them up. So the, the logs was like a perfect little bit. It was completely in the shade, so no one would see us because a couple of times we did get told off for staying up too late. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, we would... It was close to my house, so lucky for me, it was only a kind of like 10 seconds walk and I was in bed. <laughs> Uh, and for me, it was only like a one-minute work, really. Yeah, Quadoli was very small. But, uh, yeah, we'd go to the uh, the logs and just talk. And I think, yeah, it was really fun. As much as it had nothing to do with village life kind of thing, bar being in Quadoli. <clears throat> Occasionally, uh, Alan would join us towards the end. But uh, yeah, we were the solid, the solid base of it. But, yeah, it was I, just... I have... Some fond memories of those logs. Yeah. It was just nice sitting there and just talking about the day and what you thought and whatever and coming up with strange, yeah. weird uh, adventures, including our friend. We could also vent out like some of what we were frustrated to to each other, Yeah, I found. You didn't feel you were going to get overheard by other people yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it was nice to just have that low escape. And, well, as we said before, that's why we called this uh, podcast Logging On. We actually came up with it when we were on the logs in a very meta kind of fashion. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but uh, wait, what if we're still there now? Maybe this is the spine chill. What if we're on the logs? <laughs> I mean, think about it, Joe. How can you tell you're not in a dream? I mean, COVID nineteen—that's a bit unlikely. Sean it's a bit Connery died. For reality. That's, that's even I know. more unlikely. You know why I text, I messaged you when Sean Connery died? It's because we said that we would. <laughs> I think we did, yeah. We we said some. There was you. Some were, you of... you said at one point, I bet Sean Connery's gonna die this year. <laughs> <laughs> sounds horrible. Sounds horrible. He's and in his eighties. If you, you know. are, <laughs> if you are related to Sean Connery and you're listening to this. I am infinitely sorry. So maybe this is all. Yeah. Maybe this is all one of our little. Uh, what's it called? This is one of our log logs anecdotes, and we just become so absorbed in it that. <laughs> maybe the Economist. He brought it to life. But that is a that is a story for another day. Part of me really wants this crazy hypothetical thing to be true and it's just to be still on the logs 
just having a conversation. Ugh. Right. I think I think though that's uh this episode has been pretty uh off topic for long enough. Uh on that bombshell. Yeah. So uh yeah, that was the first the first session at Quadoli. As we said, uh at least for us, the uh, classes were quite a small part of it. I think the stuff I remember is not really to do with the project. But still, you know, the yeah. project plays into place. You can, if you've got a stopwatch, go back through <laughs> what we've been talking about and work out what percentage it is. Um, uh, yeah. What percentage you're Sean Connery? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Uh, yeah, that was the first phase. Uh, no real kind of, there were a few deadlines, but there were no major things that we had to get done before Yamo. So it was a fairly like, it was fairly uneventful us leaving, but, uh, we'll get back to what happened at Yamo at the, uh, phase review next week. So anyway, as we always say now time for the part that everybody tunes in for it's time for joe's swahili segment oh what do i do what do i say okay unprepared are we ready ever. for a complex one maybe it will make it into the top 11 come on okay so to singalienda to singalikula chakula kitamu okay uh, chakula, that means food. Indeed. At the end, you said what? Kutamu. Kitamu. Now, does that mean, like, delicious? It does. Yeah! Chakula, kitamu. Uh, you can probably piece together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, to sing alienda. To is we. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Ngali uh, is... Rice? I, f I think this was in the past tense. No, it wasn't rice, actually. Oh, uh, oh no, it's, it's Ugali, yeah. Ugh. No, it's not Ugali. It's not food. It's... it's. N so if I were to say Tungalienda, yeah. that means if I had gone... Okay. Um... But if I were to say to singali ender, so adding that C mm. to singali ender, that would mean if I hadn't gone. Okay. So to singali ender, to singali kula chakula kitamu sana. So that's saying if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have eaten delicious food that is wait it was we wasn't it not i <laughs> oh brilliant so yes and i can just say uh uh what's yes i can't remember uh you know we were taught and deal but yeah. i was actually talking to my dad and it was like people rarely would say and deal on its own people would merge a sort of like you know, like Aya and Sour and oh, okay, yeah. stuff like that. That must be like quite a formal or something, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it means like 
indeed yeah. sort of thing. Mm. But yeah, okay. So <laughs> if I had not gone, I would not have some delicious food. Now, is that just you like throwing that together? Or is that a kind of prepared phrase that you vaguely know? It's um, it's one of the phrases on Duolingo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Joe. I was really impressed you were using, like, you know, the past tense. And... But now I, I know. I'm presuming it's past tense. I'm 87% sure that that, that that is past tense. Okay. But, yeah, I, I, do, I do sort of have an understanding of that area of negative conditional. Oof. Right. I'm so bored. It's Alex's boring fact. I'm going to stop doing that one of these days. <laughs> trying to remember what my boring fact was going to be of the day. I can remember my 15 quid very strongly. And my boring fact, it was a bit like the uh, uh, the Robert Louis Stevenson quote. I actually feel Robert Louis Stevenson oh. and uh, George Louis Stevenson, or whatever his name is, I think they were related. I've looked that up once before. Ah, uh, okay. I don't think it is like, oh, that's a crazy like coincidence. Uh, now talking about coincidence, our man Sean Connery, well known for playing uh, James Bond, who was written by... Ian Fleming! Yeah, now Ian Fleming, uh, he worked in the Navy during World War II as a naval officer. I don't think he was like a field spy, but he kind of like knew people who were, and that's where he got like the inspiration for James Bond to later write in 1953 in Casino Royale. And uh, yeah, he based James Bond on a person. And that person was, I'm going to say his cousin, but his cousin was a person who you have heard of. Guess who his cousin might be? Hint, it's not Sean Connery. Uh... (laughs) Harrison Ford. No, that's impossible. Yeah, Harrison Ford was born in like the 60s or something. (laughs) I I really don't know. George Stevenson. Robert Louis Stevenson. Close. Uh, But no, it was the actor Christopher Lee. You might know him as Saruman. And he actually played a villain in a James Bond film. Yeah. One of the kind of goofy looking ones from the 70s. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, Christopher Lee, uh, well known for playing like uh, Dracula in the 50s, but... uh, Count Dooku, let's not forget. How did I forget that? But uh, yeah, it turns out he was kind of involved with intelligence agencies in the war. There's a famous story about how uh, when he... I can't remember how he dies in the Lord of the Rings movies, but... Uh, when he gets stabbed, like, the director said that he should, uh, like, s- not scream, but, you know, like, shout out or something. And, uh, Christopher Lee Aye. says that, oh, no, I shouldn't. I should, uh, I should breathe in. Because that's how a person reacts when they get stabbed. 
and people are like, how do oh. you know that, Christopher Lee? But anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> based it on his uh, his family member, Christopher Lee, who later also went on to be quite famous. I would also... That is really interesting. Ah, well, to make it more boring, uh, Ian Fleming also wrote slash directed, uh, what's it called? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Along Chitty with Chitty Bang Bang. probably the other most famous British author, or, you know, top ten, uh, Roald Dahl. So they worked together oh. on that. Oh. I think Can Ian, I add to your boring fact? I'll just say Ian Fleming wrote the book, I remember now, and uh, Roald Dahl wrote the uh, screenplay. So yes, out of way. I didn't know he did that. Uh, oh yeah, so do you know where Ian Fleming got the name James Bond? I do, but I'll let you tell me it. You probably know it in more detail to me, but uh, it was a book that he had on his, his bookshelf, mm -hmm. uh, and the author was James Bond. Yeah, he was an ornithologist, so a bird watcher. <laughs> and yeah, it was picked because he thought it was a very boring name, and he thought that like a oh. person... Well, James Bond was always written to be an uninteresting person, which interesting things happened to him. So yeah, he uh, thought yeah, that James yeah. Bond was uh, <laughs> a boring name for a boring guy. So yeah, <laughs> perfect, uh, mm. perfect. On Her Majesty's Secret Bird Watch. Yeah, the perfect uh, topic for boring fact. Yes, <sighs> I didn't notice that. Look at them segways, <laughs> I'm on fire tonight. You trousers. are, you, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, moving on, I believe it's 15 quid. Now, Joe, you said oh, you... Oh, 15 quid. Yeah. Have you come up with one? So, when we were in Quiddily Village, in the mornings, we would do your uh, 30 Days to Rock Hard Abs Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Now, would you rather have... Six pack abs for a day or 15 quid, which you can hold on to for life if you wish. And when do my uh, six pack abs, when do they like arrive? How, do I just uh, wake up? Like... 12, 12, 12 a.m. 12 a.m. I'm an idiot, so and I don't know which leave. one that is. Is that midnight or is that midday? It's midnight, even though it should be midday. Uh, wait. Uh, yeah, it's midnight. Okay. 12 a.m. So, yeah, midnight's just struck. First second, I get them, and I have them for 24 hours, or 15 pounds. For 15 pounds, yes. <sighs> so, you can take uh, as many Instagram pictures as you want, but... Well, I do need to get my numbers up. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'd go with that. I don't think that's that hard. I wouldn't do it like... I wouldn't buy a subscription, you know, where it costs £15 a day. <laughs> but I think as a one-off, I'd take it for the novelty. And as, like, you know, inspiration. Or gym-spiration, as I like to call it. Hey. I've come up with that myself. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Oh, I would... Um... But, what, what are they? I... Remember the app, it has three levels. <laughs> It's like six pack abs, 
rock hard abs and then there's a there's a third section of the app that I'm too scared. I don't have I don't have the core strength to be able to access it yet. But yeah. I think rock hard comes before six pack. Did it? Yeah, because you, you they get rock hard before they like you get that uh, definition. Okay. I think. Yeah. I I don't know, I think I might just take fifteen quid. Really? Because it would be like, where did you get those abs, dude? <laughs> it would just be what like, what did uh... you do between yesterday and <laughs> right now to lose? <laughs> do you get the strength as well, or is it purely visual? <laughs> oh, um, oh, you know that would change it. Ah. Uh. That would change it for me. Uh, what are you going to do with your <laughs> inner core strength? I don't know, just, just like, just test how far I can go. Uh, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> it is one of those things again, it's like, could you make more than £15 off it? Yeah, yeah. Could you, do you think, but in one know, day, it be like... you could get a, like a, a sponsorship on your Instagram <laughs> account from a Gymshark or someone? <laughs> Or like uh, my protein or something. Um, yeah, because that's the product that I paid fifteen quid for to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take fifteen quid. Okay, so we're split on that one. Right. Well, once again, split just like the abs. That's never a good sign. You you should see a doctor if your uh, if your exercise I routine. Meant... Results in that. Uh, okay. I meant, yeah. Well, I think that was really good, which is good because mine's not that good. Back when we were in the village and we went on our wheel or walk to the top of the mountain, uh, there was that stream with the uh, the crystal clear water and uh, it had, uh, you know, the, what's it called? I had the uh, the sanitation tablets. Now, this isn't very good because I don't think... Well, you didn't even remember it when I said about it. But what do you think you would have wanted back in the village? A supply of that water so you can take... You're going oh. back up to that uh, waterfall once. And you can, you're taking the whole group with you. And you can take as many of the big like water cans, buckets, etc. Would you rather have that much water, so as much as you and 14 other volunteers can carry back between them of that crystal clear spring mountain water or hmm. would you rather have 15 quid and is it 15 quid in tanzanine shillings or it's 15 quid, quid but you this is this is a to tie it into the episode this is in uh the first phase so you can uh you can trade that in at uh what's it called you can give that over to caro and hopefully uh, okay. have it transferred when you're at uh phase review so it's not instant, but it's very... You definitely got right, the ability yeah. to switch it. Knowing me, though, I probably would have forgotten to switch it because I forgot to take the rest of my money out at face review. Well, we'll go into this, but you didn't forget. I told you to. You decided to hold it back for some reason. Did I? Yeah. Did I? You said you wanted some when you like got back to the airport in the UK or something. But anyway... That's for another story. 
That is. That's for next episode. Yes. So come on. Which one are you going with? Hmm. Do we have to carry it back? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Ah. Uh, 15 quid. Go with 15 quid. Yeah. Now, as much as I created this little scenario, I'm going to put the proviso in of that. I would have to share between everybody, and I feel that means that there's not going to be that much water. I don't want to be mean on uh, the other, the some members of the group's uh, physical ability, but I feel I'm going to be bringing back more water than some others. So I'm probably going to be like, you know, comparatively drinking less of this. I'd be putting more effort in and getting less out. And... <laughs> you would you would definitely be carrying more than I would have been. Oh, you're too modest, Joe. But also very, very true. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I really liked that water, and I really disliked the uh, water from the pumps. But at the same time, I think 15 quid pays for a lot of uh, my favourite... I've forgotten it again. Stony Tangawini and the... Uh, yeah, Tangawisi just means ginger. Yeah. Stony, and... I think, is the brand. Ah. Uh, and uh, there was the, oh, what's it called? It was Fanta, and it was like the passion fruit or something. That was really good. <coughs> you had to be uh, you had to be careful, though, because they had a weird, like, pear-flavoured one, which was no good, and it was, like, very <laughs> similar. Yes. But, yeah. There was. So I think I would regrettably take the 15 quid and probably be like, oh, God damn it! every time I took a swig out of my canteen. Yes, I think 15 quid is the clear winner there. Uh -huh. So, I think that about does it for today. Uh... That was a hefty episode. <laughs> yeah. thanks, for, thanks for sticking through if you're still there. Hopefully, <laughs> well, hopefully the uh, weird little tangents we went on explain the kind of mood we were in a bit more. And hopefully it doesn't yeah. put you off. I think it's one of those things you should always take away. We really enjoyed it in the village and like uh we always talk about it and stuff so i don't know as yeah i don't know yeah don't take it away that it was so terrible we went crazy and started talking about sean connery i think it was uh <laughs> and shrek <laughs> i think it's, it's just our kind of sense of humor and maybe slightly just the <clears throat> what will happen whenever you're in one small location with the same people every day. But yeah, mm. I think <clears throat> hopefully you get that. It was it was a very fun time. And It was. Yeah. yeah. So a big episode. It did cover a big amount of time. Next week we're going to be doing phase review. Should hopefully be a bit shorter. Uh... <laughs> hopefully it's shorter than this. Yeah. yeah. What's this? An hour and a half? I don't know, it's split up into one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth part, and this is 20 <laughs> minutes long, so. <laughs> no worries. It's I'll... a bumper edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... I've, I've enjoyed this episode, though. I feel like it's our best so far. It, it feels like we're being back on the logs. This is the kind of. Yeah. If you want to know what the logs were like, it was like this, but uh, with slightly better audio quality and uh, slightly more splinters. <laughs> but yeah well <coughs> no sorry I was just gonna say something like it was a worthy trade 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be back next week. Hopefully you'll come along and listen. But uh, well, from from me, it's a badai, and I'm gonna have a second catchphrase later on. Are we gonna hear it yet, or is it? Just... No, then you say your usual spiel, and then I'll uh, finish it off. Okay, you're probably hearing that version of All Star that you heard earlier as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> yes, which is of course the theme tune of our beloved <laughs> animated uh, <laughs> franchise. Uh, but I, from me. Right. Have a spine chiller, everybody. Have a spine chiller. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's see you guys. Bye for now. That was really good.